following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Third down, seven. Hurts. Pocket prone. And what a move, A.J. Brown comes back to the ball for an eagle touchdown. I'm not angry. Just give me the ball. That's the way it goes after a loss. Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Matthews. We're delighted to have you with us on this Existential Crisis Monday. It's always an Existential Crisis Monday in the NFL when your team loses. And as I was thinking about it, maybe it's not such of an Existential Crisis for the Commanders because this may be who the team is. We're going to take into the locker room and Talk to uh, some of the key figures, including Montez Sweat and Chase Young, Emmanuel Forbes and Terry McLaurin. And then we're going to head on over to M Street to Capital One Arena, where the Caps have now won three straight and are starting to figure things out, maybe, under Spencer Carberry. This might be the start of something. We'll just have to see. But we got to start, as always, this time of year with the Commanders. 38-31, that's the final score. Once again, they play Philly tough, and once again, they don't have the horses to get it done down the stretch. The Commanders are now 3-5 and five on the season. They're still only a game out of that seventh playoff spot. Of course, you know, the, 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 the debate can go on endlessly. Is it better to make the playoffs as a seven seed or should you just bottom out and play for draft position? On the upside yesterday, Sam Howell was really pretty good. In fact, I think it was the best he looked all year. 39 out of 52, 388 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. And yeah, that one interception was a killer because it came late as the commanders were driving for what they hoped would be a game-tying score. But really... Did you think that was going to happen? Because I know I didn't at that point. Jahan Dotson, welcome back. He had eight receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown. That's on 10 targets. He, of course, was uh, the star of the game offensively. Uh, Howell spread it around. You know, it was Dotson, Jamison Crowder, who came in when Curtis Samuel got hurt. Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas all got touchdown passes. And, of course, And we'll talk to Terry about it uh, in a couple of minutes. But McLaurin had those two big drops uh, on those late third and fourth downs that pretty much sealed it and and doomed uh, the commanders. Defensively, though, it was an absolute mess once again. Jalen Hurts threw for 315 yards. He threw four touchdown passes. A.J. Brown caught two of them. A.J. Brown once again torched. The commander's secondary, uh, this time for 130 yards on eight catches and those two touchdowns. 
Eight for eight. Eight targets, eight receptions. Devontae Smith had uh, 99 yards receiving and a touchdown. The, it, the Eagles only ran for 59 yards. I guess that's good, but obviously there are huge problems there. And even more than that, um, I, it's, it's, a, it's a lock now, and I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't know. This coaching staff is going to be out at the end of the year. Maybe Eric Bieniemy gets an interview for the head coaching job, and maybe he doesn't. I think that it's just it's time. I mean, Ron Rivera just, for whatever reason, looks like he's checked out. And honestly, I can't blame him. I can't blame him in some regards. You know, the guy came in here under impossible circumstances. And I think that's what we'll be discussing about Rivera in the weeks to come. You know, he took over a team, an organization that was in crisis back in 2020. You know, the, the, the proverbial, the fecal matters were going to hit the rotary device almost any time at that point on Dan Snyder. Then Rivera was diagnosed with cancer, which, by the way, he coached through. He got this team through COVID and through lockdowns, through a disastrous rebranding of the nickname, and so much more. But at the end of the day, he was there to win football games. And yeah, he's changed the culture. I'll give him that. And the locker room is a lot better. But it's about wins and losses. And for a guy that has complete and total control of the football side, it's it's a mess right now. The offensive line, although it looked better yesterday, and maybe that had to do with the fact that they finally went to a West Coast uh, West Coast based you know concept of those short dropbacks and getting the ball out of Sam Howell's hands quickly, which by the way is what he does the best. Uh, it's just too late, and you look at the uh, the blown call on the sideline when Rivera didn't challenge uh, that Devontae Smith reception that was not a reception. And his explanation was, well, you know, nobody in the headsets told us to review it. Uh, You know, at a certain point, you've got to go with your instinct. And with the Eagles running up to the ball as they were, you knew they didn't think that he made the catch. At some point, You've just gotta, you you've just gotta take a chance, and that probably would have been a pretty good one to take, but he didn't. And people have made so much out of his demeanor on the sidelines, and the fact that, you know, as a CEO type coach here, he didn't really have anything to do on game day. Um, it 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 makes it hard to see where this is going to turn out in anything more than. Ron being given some nice parting gifts, the rest of the staff being fired, and they start all over again next year. And again, it, it's time to do that. Um, you just you look at things, and this organization has not, I think we talked about this last week, I think as a fan, what you want to see from the commander's organization is not that they're ahead of the creative curve in the NFL, but just with the creative curve in the NFL. I mean, for the past 25 years, they haven't. And when was the last time you could say that this team, this organization was somewhat innovative when it comes to how you draft, how you play? I mean, when was the last time the best minds in football 
you could argue, worked for the Washington Commanders. And I'll tell you when. It was back when they were the Washington Redskins. This team has not had what I would has not had the best and brightest working for it for for more than 25 years. And even when it, you know, one of the things I think that that you saw with Dan Snyder is that even when he made big hires, it was never this the organization was never looking forward. It was always looking backwards. With the exception, I guess, of of the hiring of Steve Spurrier, which was a disaster. But he hot, you know, his his first move after firing North Turner, which you can debate whether Turner was the right guy for the job or not. I, mean, I think it turned out he was a better coordinator than he ever was a head coach. But even with Turner's hiring, you want to go back far enough. He was one of the hot head coaches, candidate, head coaching candidates out there. You know, Marty Schottenheimer was on his third team when he came to Washington. And by the way, had Snyder not fired him for Steve Spurrier, he would, I, I'm convinced that the Redskins would have won 12 games the next year. Yeah, Spurrier, a disaster. Uh, then it's Joe Gibbs 2.0. And then it's Jim Zorn, uh, who was not exactly uh, what one considered a young, brilliant mind then, even as an offensive coordinator. Jay Gruden was almost 50 when he was hired. I mean, again, he was a guy that had gotten passed over a few times. And, yeah, he was still a little hot, but he was not the new best thing out there. Uh, And then after that, Rivera. Oh, throw Mike Shanahan in there. You know, again, Mike Shanahan. Can't believe I forgot Shanahan. Mike Shanahan was on his third team when he came to Washington. And actually, despite that, Obviously, you saw all of the great play-calling minds and coaching minds that Shanahan did bring in the building. I mean, you only <laughs> you only have to look at um, you know the head coaching spots at a half a dozen different teams to you know to see what his coaching tree had produ- has produced. And this organization let that get away. So more than anything, I want to see him next year go out and find a sharp young mind to be the GM. Let that sharp young mind pick the next head coach. And I want that head coach more than likely to be an offensive guy. Um, that that's, that's just the way it is in the NFL now. So, again, not being ahead of the curve, just being with the curve at this point will be fine with me. All right, let's go into the locker room, get you some exclusive locker room access here. Starting off with Chase Young. Obviously, Chase not real happy after the game. Not a terrific game for him, although, and yeah, it, I was trying to think, what was what were the uh, PFF ratings for Chase yesterday? It was not great. Montez did well. Uh, Chase, not so much. Uh, the grades just came out. Let's see, Chase wound up. Uh, with an overall defensive rating of 52.6. That is what they call below average. Pass rushing, uh, his pass rush grade uh, was 52.1. So, again, not a great game for Chase. 
and David Aldridge in the locker room asked him, you know, how frustrating is it to play as a team overall well against Philadelphia, just not being able to get it done? It's tough. It's tough for sure. I mean, I don't have nothing to say. It's tough. Chase, everybody knows how close you are with Montez Sweat. You don't know what's going to happen after Tuesday. Um, to maybe think this is the last game you line up together. Give me your emotions on that. Yeah, I mean, that's my that's my brother, man. You know, that's not going to change if uh, we're not on the same team. Let me ask you this. Like, how do you evaluate where this team is at right now? And I mean, do you want to be here still? Yeah, no, that's out of my control. Um, you know, terms of evaluation. Uh, I'm going to go back and evaluate myself. Um, see where I made mistakes and uh, just hold myself accountable. Are you still happy here? For sure. Uh, love life. Chase, with all these losses that you guys have kind of piled up recently, what, what's maybe your message to some of the other guys on this team to kind of right this ship right now? Uh, just uh, empty the tank every game. Just give it what you got. Empty the tank every game we lose. You did your best. Hey, got to answer tough questions like that after a performance like you had when you're three and five. Good on Scott Abraham from uh, ABC7 for asking him and pressing him on those questions. You want to know? You know, hey, is Chase Young still happy here? Um, and he says the answer is yes. So it, it's it's tough when you've had the first half of the season like the Commanders have. But you know, make no doubt, make no mistake about it. They're not supposed to be in this situation, not according to the preseason hype. You know, I thought coming out of, I thought coming into the season, yes, certainly it could happen. And, you know, you can't, be, you couldn't have given them the benefit of the doubt to say that it hadn't. But, you know, coming into the season, you thought, you looked at the schedule and you said, yeah, you know, they should be five and three the way they're talking. It wouldn't be unreasonable to think them six and two. Four and four at the bare minimum. Three and five, nah, never saw it happening. And were it, again, if it's not for the loss to the Bears and the Giants, two teams who really stink, they'd be sitting here at five and three today and it'd be a completely different conversation. And that's the most disappointing thing is that they haven't beaten the teams that they say that they're better than. I mean, clearly they're not because you look at it on the field and it just hadn't gotten done yet. Now, quarterback Benjamin St. Juice, we talked to him after the game. He chose to try and look on the bright side, at least somewhat, saying that, hey, at least it wasn't a blowout. You know, they were right there, had an opportunity to win it, just couldn't get it done. Made a field goal. I mean, what, 61 yard we made a field goal? We had some turnover. We stopped their tush push. Everyone was like, oh, how do you stop it? You know what I'm saying? We stopped it. They fumbled it. We recovered it. Um, so we there was a lot of great things in this game. Uh, nice about how consistent can we be to do that every single week, you know. So they're, they're, they're a great team. We gave them one hell of a fight. So if we can take that same fight and apply it next week uh, when we play other teams, some great stuff that's going to come out of it. How do you do that? How do, so that? how do you bring that same fight week after week? Same formula. It starts during the week, you know, so that same attention to detail, consistency, energy. You know, when we come out in the first half, you know what I'm saying, like, it, this our game, you know, we're not going to wait until the second half to wake up. We need to come out, boom, 14, 21, 17 points in that lead. That give us the best chance to, uh, you know, to, to stay in the lead and actually win that game. So, I mean, we, we saw it, how different it was to, to go at half with the lead compared to, like, trailing uh, and give us the best chance to win. 
came up short, but if we do that consistently, we're going to win more than we lose. So. A lot of Jamar. the players talked about finishing games. Could you just talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, the, to, to win games, to win a lot of games in the NFL, you need to play all four quarters. It uh, doesn't matter if you come out hot the first half or three quarters and all that stuff. Uh, teams are always going to try to like score as many points as possible and, you know, um, you know, come back from trailing and all that stuff. And this is where we need to maybe work a little bit on, like, you know, the, those last couple of series, you know, straining, finishing, keeping that same energy that we came out with, you know, to really put them out the game, you know, not even giving them a chance to come back, you know. It's really hard. I mean, if you're losing by two plus fours, like, it's hard for, for another team to consistently offense come out and be like, okay, we're going we're gonna to try to put some points on, trying to put some points. But if you always give them a chance and they score and then the game is tied or you always got a chance to, like, score a little bit, you always give them life, you know. You got to take that life away fast. That's cool out there. Got to create some turnover. You know, take him out the game right now. You know, so, so that's what we're going to trying to work on. How, how difficult is that matchup with AJ Brown? Just his physicality. Honestly, like I feel like we we played great. We was at the point of attack. Um, we play in this league where um, I feel like it's very disadvantageous for the, the defensive players to, to to make plays. Like we'd be in the right position, getting thrown out the, the pictures and all that stuff. Or like. On my play, you know, I'm great coverage. Got to go with one hand by the sideline. There's not, nothing much that I ever can really do. You know, honestly, I do more than that. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get flagged and stuff like that. So you got to play true um, and just got to give it a little bit more energy uh, and finish at the play. But honestly, uh, he's going to make some plays, you know. Uh, that's what they pay him big bucks for. So um, we're just going to keep going at it and, uh, you know, chin up, chest out, keep making the plays. We're never going to stop, uh, you know, going out there and swinging, you know. Never, never going to see us, like, giving up on the play. Never going to. Me, Forbes, all the other DBs, we're never going to give up. It doesn't matter if they catch three. Um, at the end of the game, we, we all, we're going to give ourselves a chance to create a turnover and give the win to our team. So it is what it is. Yeah, it certainly is. Speaking of Emmanuel Forbes, and I got to give him credit, got torched again by A.J. Brown for a touchdown. But the kid stood in there after the game, stood at his locker and answered questions about it and just try to keep a clear head and go into each game with a clear head and make plays. What is the most frustrating part? You said it's frustrating at times. What is the most frustrating part for you? Uh, honestly, losing. Like, don't nobody like to lose, and it's just something that we're struggling with right now, and we just got to get back on track. Manuel, how tough are these matchups with A.J. Brown specifically? He's a big physical guy. Uh, he's just real good at the uh, catch point, and, you know, just got to be strong at the catch point. That's the only thing. What did you guys think that you did better today than maybe you have over the last few weeks as a defense? Honestly, we just came out with a lot of energy. We knew what the task was at hand, and we just tried to execute the game plan. What did the coaches say after some of those maybe coverage miscues in, on the back end? No, they were still in court, encouraging, you know, just got to make the play and just do our job, honestly. Do you feel that your technique's getting better each week that you play? I honestly don't think I had a technique problem. It was just I didn't make the play that was in my right there in front of me, and that was the only big thing. Yeah, on that one touchdown pass where he was defending A.J. Brown, it, it did look like he like he had good position. Brown just went up and made the catch. But again, that's what you have to do. The good teams uh, go up and make the catch, and bad teams don't. It's as simple as that, really. We also talked to Montez Sweat, and as you might imagine, uh, all of the talk after the game for him is about these trade rumors that are swirling around. Um, but, I mean, you hate to think like that, but uh, once again, that's out of my control. It's awkward with him sitting right here because he had said that not having you would be very weird. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, over the past couple of years, we really developed a, a camaraderie, a, a strong friendship. I mean, it would definitely be 
detrimental to split us up. But I mean, this stuff is out of, out of our control. I know I, even outside of this, I got a friend for life. With all the rumors going around this week with the trade deadline and everything, is it hard to keep it in your head or are you pretty good about staying focused? Yeah, I think, I think just keeping the, the game the game. Like I said, our, our focus was on Philly. I think we kept it like that. But for you, like, was it hard to for you to keep, kind of keep your mind on her? You hear things happen, and then you just kind of. I mean, it's it's in the air, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, we got a game to play. We got a job to do. I intend on doing that job to the best of my ability. All right, last one. The game itself. Sorry, you were asked what uh, you got through to holding the check for a while, and then they were able to score. What kind of change you think in the second half? Uh, I mean, I, I, we got caught in a couple of sudden changes, um, but we pride ourselves on, on doing better in that in that aspect. I mean, the game just got away from us. I'm going to miss Sweat if they do trade him. Uh, it's really been neat watching him grow both as a player and a person. I remember when he was a rookie, you could barely get two words out of him. And he is a he's, he's a pro's pro now. He really is. So hopefully they decide discretion is the better part of valor, but as we, if you haven't heard, uh, you know the rumors that are swirling about. There's now talk in the Twitter sphere that uh, San Francisco, amongst other teams, have offered the Commanders a third that can turn into a second-round pick if Sweat signs an extension. One would think he might want to do that if the destination San Francisco. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hit the ice. Caps have won three straight after a slow start. Are they getting used to Spencer Carberry's system? That's next. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. It's hard to believe we're going into week nine of the NFL season, but DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even better than ever. Bet five bucks on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every single game day this October and this November as well. As a matter of fact, looking ahead to Thursday night football this week, the Titans are getting three points in Pittsburgh. You got an over-under of uh, 115 I'm sorry, the over-under is 36.5, my bad. Uh, Steelers are giving up three points. As for the Commanders, they have opened as an early three-point underdog on the road against New England. So get in on game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN, and new customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's when you bet five on the NFL. It's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensed partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 and up. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Now, it might be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it is never too early to start your holiday shopping, and why not take care of it now before the crowds of the packed calendars make shopping a complete and utter nightmare, especially when you get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. That's why 
Raycon wants you to shop their products right now and save up to 50% off because of their early Black Friday sale that's going on right now. That's right. I said 50% off. Now, you've heard me talk about Raycon's products before, primarily the earbuds. And the earbuds are fantastic. They got two models of those out now, uh, actually four when you think about it. You got the everyday and the fitness earbuds. You got the impact earbuds and the gaming earbuds. They start at 79 bucks. And they've also got a ton of other products now, including power tech, home tech. You can get an air purifier for them if you want. You want a, 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 pure, a faucet filter? Yeah, they got those too. They've got portable speakers. They've got headphones. Raycon has it all. And with superior quality and just a fraction of the cost, uh, some of those other brands that are out there, if you know what I mean. Oh, I didn't mention uh, their Magic 180 cables. Yeah, five-star reviewed. You can charge I, uh, iOS devices. It's got micro USB Type-C devices. Eight times faster with the 100-watt power delivery. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality, thoughtful features at half the price of the other premium tech brands. So it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. And to get everybody... In the holiday shopping spirit a little early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds now. Save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN. Get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time to go to the ice. Sunday afternoon, a late matinee for the Capitals, and they beat the San Jose Sharks 2-1. to one. Granted, San Jose is horrible. They have started out the year, what is it, 0-9-1? 0-8-1, 0-8-1, but still. Hey, you take wins where you can get them, and the Caps have won three straight now. So they're 4-3-1. and one. They got nine points, just a point behind Carolina for third place. It means absolutely nothing right now. It does not. It, we're so early in the season. The only thing we know for sure is that Boston is really, really good again this year. The Bruins haven't lost yet in the East, and the Golden Knights haven't lost in the West. They're 8-0-1 to start the year. Uh, but Good to see the Caps finally starting to get some of these go their way. I'm still a little worried about the offense, but, you know, again, goaltending has looked relatively good. Uh, even a couple of games that, that Darcy Kemper lost, it was give up a couple of quick goals, goals, but then steadies himself and keeps the team in the game. Um, there's only been one blowout loss so far this year. And again, same thing Sunday. Uh you know, gave up the first goal, let San Jose go ahead, but that was it. Kemper didn't let anything else in. And, you know, at the, finally uh, Dylan Strom and Tom Wilson broke through, got them the two goals they needed to win it. Uh, I'm very impressed uh, with the way Dylan Strom has started the year. Stromer's got three, is the leading goal scorer on the team right now. What does he have? Three and eight games, I think, something like that, more. Uh, I'll have to look up his stats, but Strom has, has gotten off – to a great start, and, and that's important because you got to have somebody 
take some of the scoring pressure off of Alex Ovechkin. Uh, Ovi, you know, has not gotten off to a good start. Um, although he is the leading points getter on the team, as you might imagine, um, with eight points. But Stromer's got six goals in in the Caps' first, however many games it is. What did we say? Nine, nine games, four, three, and one. Isn't right? I think it's something like that. So yeah, so seeing Stromer get off to a good start is definitely something. Six goals in eight games, four, three, and one. Four, three, and one comes up to eight. Uh, and speaking of Strom, give me somebody, get me out of this. Uh, let's hear from him in the locker room yesterday. He was, by the way, off camera, uh, getting a, a little bit of chirping at by Tom Wilson. Also, uh, real quick, uh, let me let you know what we're starting off with is very un- uh, very underrated part of his game, and that's that he had a fantastic game against San Jose from the faceoff circle. Yeah, um, you know, we were told that before the game. I think um, we, we watched some video before on faceoffs, and um, we got some good good sentiment on this team that you know take pride in winning faceoffs, and um, and we're missing Dowd too. So um, you know, obviously he's uh, you know a very good faceoff man, and very reliable. So we knew we had to dig in, and um, you know, credit to the wingers and and in the D zone, the defensemen um, kind of jumping in and winning pucks back, and um, it's kind of like a five man unit on the, on the faceoff. So started there, and then just um, you know worked from there. What is yeah, I mean, I felt like, uh, you know, it was only a matter of time. Like, um, I think everyone had that belief in here. Um, you know, we had a bunch of chances. We had, you know, some back doors. Their goalie made some great saves. Kemp's kept us in a little bit. And um, I think it was only a matter of time. Like, we knew, um, you know, just stick to doing the right things. We had a lot of ozone shifts in a row. We know guys were getting chances all over the place. So, um, like I said, only a matter of time. And I felt like um, we had that mindset. And, and uh, you know, coach said we're going to get three in the third. And we got three in the third. Um, like I said, the last couple of days, just, um, you know, coaches a lot of confidence in, in our line. I think just throwing us out there, um, you know, consistently and, um, you know, a lot of ozone faceoffs, a lot of ozone starts. So that always helps, um, you know, just try to go to the net. I got great line mates, um, you know, playing with, uh, you know, really, really good players, you know, um, Tom's very good on the four check and, and gets pucks back and, um, you know, very, very, uh, you know, very easy to play with. And then Obi just knows how to find guys and he knows how to score. So, um, I think it's a, a good mix and, um, you know, when you get when you get put out there, you gotta um, you gotta take advantage of that ice time, and and uh, I felt like t- tonight we did. What does it say about this group that you guys had that stick to it where you didn't get flustered or panicked? Yeah, I think it kind of started in Montreal. Um, you know, we you know felt like we had some chances in that game. We just you know obviously the start of the season was pretty tough. Um, you know, it kind of started there. Um, we had that belief ever since then. We obviously had a little little blip against Toronto, but other than that, I feel like you know since since Montreal. <laughs> uh, you can wait, wait. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go longer now. Um, yeah, but ever since that game, we uh, you know found a way to to put some goals in the back of the net, and um, and then then uh, Tom's still talking over there. How do you mess my train of thought? It can be a lot lighter in a locker room with a team that has won three straight as opposed to lost too straight, falling out of playoff contention. That's the dichotomy of sports in the DMV. It's going to do it for us. we got to get out of here. We'll talk to you later in the week. By the way, Caps and Islanders Thursday night at Capital One Arena. See you afterwards. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, wear white. Hey.